Hello, I'm Phil Farrow, Chief Meteorologist at WSBN-TV in South Florida, and this is Weather or Not. Hurricane season has come and gone for 2021. It was an active year, with the list of names exhausted once again. This is the first year the entire supply of names was used up in back-to-back -back seasons. But unlike 2020, we did not have to resort to using the emergency backup list. The overactive tropics can be blamed on a few key ingredients, but mostly hot water. You know, there are a couple of primary factors. One, the tropical Atlantic in general was warmer than normal, and warmer water provides more fuel for storms. And that fuel may be more abundant and widespread in the years ahead. By the way, hurricane season is a man-made timeline. Storms can happen at any time of year, as long as the main ingredient for formation is present, and that, as you heard, is warm water of 80 degrees or above. This is why we typically see storms in the summer months and fall, because that's when the ocean water is at its warmest. We will talk with Dr. Phil Klotzbach from Colorado State University to get his impressions on this year's activity and a peek at what may happen in 2022. That's coming up next on Weather or Not. A record storm season during a pandemic made 2020 unforgettable. This year, count on the Seven Weather Team once again to do what we do best, keep you safe. The latest alerts, the best coverage. That's why we're the Storm Station, Seven News. Uh, first of all, thank you for joining me on this uh, quick little podcast. Um, it is a delight to have you here. We have been following your career since uh, way back with Dr. William Gray. And uh, so it is a, a pleasure to have you here today with us. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, it's just, just going to be a brief thing. Uh, I would like to know what your thoughts have been so far uh, with this hurricane season. Has it been what, uh, what you were expecting it to be? Yeah, actually, the seasonal forecast this year verified quite well. We ended up with a total of 21 named storms which obviously is a really high number of named storms. Um, our seasonal forecast was a little low in the number of named storms, but we did end up with a near average number of hurricanes. So we've had seven hurricanes this year and average season has seven. Uh, we ended up with four major hurricanes as a category three to five, an average season has three. So it was a little bit of an above normal season. We had a lot of named storms, but a lot of the storms that were named this year were fairly weak and short-lived. Then we also had four major hurricanes, obviously the one that everyone remembers, first very significant impacts would be Hurricane Ida, which made landfall as a category four hurricane um, in South Central Louisiana. And what were the ingredients that uh, led to this type of uh, activity for 2021? Yeah, um, you know, there are a couple of primary factors. One, the tropical Atlantic in general was warmer than normal and warmer water provides more fuel for storms. Uh, we also tended to have lower than normal vertical wind shear, which is a change in wind direction with height in the atmosphere. Too much shear tears apart hurricanes. In general, this year, the shear was um, below normal, especially in the eastern and central tropical Atlantic. It was actually elevated in the Caribbean, which was somewhat of a surprise given that normally when you have La Nina conditions, which is colder than normal water in the eastern and central tropical Pacific, it tends to actually reduce shear in the Caribbean. So that's something that we're still looking at trying to figure out exactly why shear in the Caribbean was elevated, especially late in the season where we actually had a pretty quiet end to the season after the early part of October. 
And that was going to be my next question. Uh, typically, or, or not typically, but as it has been in the last year or two, we have had more uh, tropical cyclones developing uh, later in the season. Why did that not happen this year, considering we had a La Nina event? Yes. And so, you know, we looked at last year and this year, and in a lot of ways, they were very similar. Both years had um, a La Nina conditions in the tropical Pacific and a warmer than normal Caribbean. And both of those, con those conditions combined tend to lower your shear and provide both of the more favorable um, dynamic and thermodynamic environments. So there's basically more juice or more fuel for these storms to form. Last year, obviously, was an extremely active late season. We had a whopping five major hurricanes form in October to November last year, whereas this year, all we had after Sam dissipated on October 5th was one week um, subtropical cyclone Wanda, uh, which is way up in the far northeastern part of the uh, subtropical Atlantic. So certainly that was a surprise. We tended to have um, and basically an area of low pressure at upper levels in the atmosphere that caused a lot of shear in the Western Atlantic. So basically any system that was trying to develop in the Caribbean basically got sheared and torn apart. And we've really focused on the Caribbean late in the season because normally if you're going to get severe hurricane activity in October or November, it's going to form in the Caribbean. And uh, we did actually expect to see some of that this year. And fortunately, uh, that was not the case. Uh, one of the things that we noticed this year, and, and you mentioned that it was the uh, the fact that we had so many short-lived cyclones. Uh, was there one particular factor that contributed to this? Yeah, and so in general, we've we've been observing more weak, short-lived storms, um, especially in the last twenty years. And it's not to say that these that these storms are necessarily becoming more frequent. It's that we have better technology to observe these weak, short-lived storms. So they are tropical storms. Um, or subtropical storms that are named, but prior to around 2000, we just didn't have the technology to be able to observe these. We have satellites at higher resolution. We're either better able to detect the structure of these storms than we could even say 30 to 40 years ago. So we are seeing an increasing trend in these weak, short-lived storms, but it's more due to technology than any physical uh, phenomenon. As we look ahead, uh, what are your feelings regarding climate change and how that is impacting uh, tropical cyclone activity? Yeah, and so, you know, we don't really expect to see with climate change that we expect to see more storms in the future. We actually maybe even see fewer storms, but basically that climate change in general basically will load the dice to potentially somewhat stronger storms. But there's a lot of uncertainty with that as well, because when you warm the ocean surface, that provides more fuel for storms. But with climate change, you also warm throughout the atmosphere. And as you warm it, say, 20, 30 to 1,000 feet, that tends to actually stabilize the atmosphere, which is actually negative for storm intensification. So we're not necessarily, we think with storms may be slightly stronger in the future, but I think really more the big concerns related to climate change are basically just um, sea level rise. So as the background sea level continues to go up, even a few inches of sea level rise, which may not seem like much in very low lying areas, that means that storm surge can penetrate much further inland. And it doesn't take six feet of salt water in your house from storm surge to cause a complete um, destruction of your house. So it's just a few inches can be enough to cause um, com near complete or total dam or total uh, condemnation of your house. We also expect with the warmer atmosphere, that we're likely to see more rainfall from storms in the future, so potentially exacerbating flooding concerns. But the real driver of the damage, um, the increase in damage that we've observed, say, over the last 100 years is primarily due to just more people and more stuff along the coast. As more people and more stuff move to the coast, there's more basically property and basically using insurance parlance, more exposure, more stuff to be damaged. What are your uh, what are the early signals going into uh, next year? Do you think we're going to have another 
above average season or do they suggest something else? Yeah, so we'll put out our first outlook on December 9th and the December 9th outlook is purely uh, just a, quant a qualitative one. So we just basically discuss the large scale features. We don't put out numbers. I'll come out with our April outlook. Um, but right now, obviously, one of the big questions is we currently have La Nina. We had La Nina last winter as well. And so the big question is, you know, will that La Nina continue? Um, it, it, it can. Um, it tends to be unusual that you would say get three La Nina seasons in a row, but there is a potential we could still see um, a La, um, La Nina or potentially more likely neutral ENSO conditions, which means neither El Nino nor La Nina. And then the tropical Atlantic becomes um, a lot more important. If, if you have neutral conditions in the Pacific, so El Nino or La Nina isn't playing the driving role, then it's a lot more important what goes on in the Atlantic. So right now, um, we'll have some more to say in a couple of weeks, but we really need to wait until about March to get a better idea of what um, El Nino or La Nina might be pretending uh, for the peak of the season. And Dr. Klaus, back one last question, and this one is really not scientific, but I, I always get this asked on social media whenever we uh, refer to you or to our uh, or to the seasonal outlook is always um, what do the folks in Colorado know about tropical weather? How do you suggest? How do you suggest I answer that in the future? Yeah, well, so Bill Gray, um, the, my uh, the uh, the founder of the seasonal forecast, was a professor at CSU for about fifty years. Uh, used to always say it's because a storm surge can't get you at five thousand feet. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, in, in all seriousness, um, you know, the seasonal forecast or CSU actually has always had a really strong tropical meteorology background because the guy who founded our department back in the early nineteen sixties, whose name was Herbert Real was a renowned hurricane scientist. And he actually came from the University of Chicago, which is still nowhere near where hurricanes are. Uh, but you know, obviously with the technology that we have, uh, we can observe hurricanes from anywhere. And I did actually grow up on the East Coast in Massachusetts. So I did experience, um, not as many as you see in Florida, but I did experience a couple of hurricanes growing up. Well, Dr. Klotzbeck, it has been a pleasure today. Thank you for illuminating us on, uh, on what has happened and what may happen next year. Thank you for joining us here today on Whether or Not. Thanks so much. Take care. This concludes our first season of Whether or Not. I would like to thank our VP of News, Alice Jacobs, for her support. Stephen Sayhouse, who handles all of our technical work. Chris Crane for providing our great original theme music. And above all, the great Seven Weather staff, which worked extremely hard researching and producing the segments you heard right here. We are already hard at work putting together stories for Season 2, which kicks off alongside hurricane season on June 1, 2022. If you have a comment or a suggestion for a future story, please send me an email at pfarrow at wsvn.com. Also, it would be really nice if you would subscribe to our podcast. You can always follow us on Twitter and Facebook at 7weather, and of course, live on air at WSVN 7. Thank you for joining us. I'm Chief Meteorologist Phil Farrell.